It is Packer Week, and welcome to it. Game number 205 of the great rivalry, and we're going to break it down for you. Here on Bears All Access, it's brought to you by IGS Energy with Tom Thayer, the Super Bowl Bear and longtime analyst of this series, both as a player watching tape of that team year in and year out, and then as a analyst on the radio side, he's got a lot of knowledge to share. I'm Jeff Joniak. Coming up in the program, we'll visit with Bears rookie defensive end Dominique Robinson. We'll also hear from Packers at Ray. Radio analyst Larry McCarron, who spent some 50 years in that organization as a player and broadcaster, uh, not unlike Tommy over here. I always tease you, but it's a reality, though, too. You do get your game face on for this week. You're tired of getting beat. 21-3, and three, the Packers are over the Bears in the last 24 games. Yeah, it's crazy to think about because even the preaching points by Mike Ditka in the 80s when we are dominating this series – he always mentioned, you know, a week in advance, you can never take these guys lightly. So it is yeah, that cliche, you can the records can go out the window. Yeah, they can because both teams play hard. It means a lot to both fan bases. There's a lot of excitement that goes along with one franchise that's either sustained a bunch of victories or a franchise up and coming and may, you know, turn the page. So I honestly, I don't know what to expect. I'm encouraged from what I saw out of San Francisco. I still think Aaron Rodgers is a great football player, but I think they have a lot of vulnerabilities that the Bears as a coaching staff can take advantage of. What are they? And before you answer that part of it, can you explain to people, because you're a born and bred Chicagoan, you grew up hating the Packers, you grew up playing them, and while respecting them, you dominated them most of your career, and then you become an announcer, and you are getting dominated by Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. They've thrown 121 touchdown passes by the two of them against the Bears. But so when you see green, you really see red in your eyes. Just because the um, the people that are involved in the rivalry, when you know Mike Dicka hated Forrest Gregg, and then you had a, a late hit of Walter Payton out of bounds. You had the seconds after the play was over, late hit against Matsui. You had Charles Martin at the end of a play grab Jim McMahon around the shoulders and slam him to the ground and in, injured his shoulders. And there's a lot of other things. And I, I remember the first game I ever went to as a Chicago Bear fan was Chicago Bears against the Green Bay Packers. But it's the violence and the voices of the fans from either team. And then for us, the disappointment of walking out of that radio booth down to the team bus and you look at the negative expressions on every single person's face over the, the course and the career of, the, of those losses. So, I, I mean, I just want to walk out of that stadium with my feet 10 feet off the ground with a smile that's going to last the entire drive home and it's going to carry me through the whole week. But um you never know the outcome. You saw what you know happened this past week. And when I talk about the vulnerabilities and you talk about the offensive line of the Green Bay Packers, if they have substitutes in there for Jenkins and Batiari, you never really know how they're going to play and they're going to react. They gave up some pressure with the Minnesota Vikings. But if they take these two guys and they insert them in the lineup, so now you think that Batiari, after not playing for a couple of years, and Jenkins, after not, you know, playing the last few weeks, they're going to be right back to where they were in their all-pro lives of their career. And then, obviously, it's hard to ignore Devontae Adams. He was targeted so many times by Aaron Rodgers 
that it's impossible to ignore when he leaves the football team. That's a relationship that takes years to develop. It's, it's not just something that's going to take place over drafting a kid a couple months ago and putting him on the field and all of a sudden he's going to be Devontae Adams. That's impossible. You need thousands of reps between a quarterback and a receiver to know what you're thinking against every single coverage. Well, Sunday, as regards Bakhtiari, it's 625 days since he tore his ACL in a practice, and it'll be 252 days since he made an appearance. Late last season, he had 27 snaps in the finale at Detroit, but he's had complications. He was seen gingerly walking around at practice and Matt LaFleur this week said he did not have a setback and even during the season he's not going to practice three straight days this is going to be uh, you know he's highly regarded obviously everybody thinks he's arguably one of the top left tackles in football and then uh, on the other side of it you're looking at Elton Jenkins I mean that ACL tear was week 11 last year so you're right he, he these guys are not going to be a hondo mentally even having those guys back does that give your quarterback a different comfort zone no it gives you okay. concern because when you look at what you have to do the multiple jobs that an offensive lineman is required to do their side to side movement they're back with a little bit of force to be able to stop the rusher the understanding how they have to work with the tight ends to their left if you're a left tackle on the guard to your right. You know, there's so many aspects of offensive line play that takes years of developing, just like we talked about Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers, the five guys on the offensive line. It takes time for those guys to develop their relationships and their understanding how each other works. And it's impossible just to insert a player at any position after a significant time off and think they're going to pick up right where they left off. I, I think you can take advantage okay. of it. First of all, you got to stop the run. I think right. coming into this game, Jeff, before I said, okay, we got to stop the relationship of Aaron and Devontae. This is stopping the running game. And you can do it as a pass rusher. I had a, a, a defensive line coach. Uh, John Tierling, that always used to say, stop the running back while you're sacking the quarterback. And so that means make sure you play your run responsibilities and you have to hold up to that end of the job, but make sure you're almost rushing, rushing the passer every time. And when you talk about four defensive ends, and when you talk about Robert Quinn, Alquanine Muhammad, Travis Gibson, and Dominic Robinson, there's a variety of rushers there. There's a big arsenal that these guys have to be ready for. So, um, and then you're going to be able to hear the snap count from Aaron Rodgers, and it may give these guys a better jump with secured footing after last week. But that snap count's dangerous, as we know. Yeah. That's Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak. Coming up next, we visit with one of those defensive ends. He came on the scene strong in his first game, Dominique Robinson. Coming up next, this is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. Choose clean energy for your home at IGS.com because every good choice adds up to a better world. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, our special guest this week before the Bears meet the Packers, Dominique Robinson, the 6'5", 253-pounder. Uh, we've had you on the show before, but not face-to-face, -face, so it's good to meet uh, a Canton McKinley, Canton Timken product. And that's Tom Thayer, of course, Super Bowl Bear. I usually lead off the questions, but, you know, I'm going to I'm going to defer to the vet right here. I'm going to defer to Tom Thayer to lead the conversation here. So Tom, you get first crack at Dominique. Throughout my career in the NFL, I used to play against a player for the Detroit Lions. His name was Eric Williams, and he did a double hand slap, and it was almost 
so much mentally in your mind that you had to think about it because he was so good at it. Your first sack against McGlinchey was that double hand slap. He got off balance. Boom, you turned it into a sack. Did you know you were going to use that move before you did it because it's a reusable move that you can use multiple times in your career? Yeah, so when I moved to DN, that was the first thing that I worked on, the, the double hand swipe. So uh, that's something that's I've been I've been repping for two years, two or three years now. So I'm that's like my go to. I don't even have to think about it. Whenever I get close on a guy, that's coming out. Um, so yeah, when it, when he overset, it happened immediately. So now let's talk about your other sack. So you're going against Trent Williams. He doesn't give up sack, man. He's a bad guy. At the did you know what you were gonna do? Or did you just kind of fall into the rhythm of the play and your vision? I fell into the rhythm. Uh, the tight end was so close that I thought he was going to chip. They yeah. showed on tape that when they're that close, they chip. So I took a, a step down so that I don't get chipped, but he didn't He didn't chip me. So after that, I just converted into my pass rush, put two hands on him. He set, overset a little bit, and then the quarterback stepped up, and I just fell, fell back. You may not know this, but he didn't give up a sack last year. You certainly know he's a nine-time consecutive Pro Bowler, but uh, Coach Eberflus on the coaches show Monday night, we were discussing that very play, and he goes, the level rush, yeah. as opposed to going way outside beyond the quarterback, like a lot of great pass rushers do, you know, feed him to the wolves uh, in the middle of the defense, but that level rush made total sense with me. Right. I, I, as Tom is an offensive lineman, a level rush that Dominique did there forced that quarterback to just kind of, you know, uh, stand in there. And then Trent Williams had to make a decision too, right? Right, right. So that's something I've been working on ever since I got here. Uh, uh, Coach Trav has been honest about level rushing. Four, four D linemen has won. You know, don't get too high on the quarterback and open up a huge B gap to let a quarterback escape. And, you know, that's going to be big this week because, you know, Aaron Rodgers loves to escape through the B-gap, especially with these running quarterbacks. We learned that with Justin throughout camp and everything. So uh, I I always keep that in the back of my mind. I try not to get too high and loop around and open up a B-gap that makes the job harder for the two inside guys and the guy on the other side rushing. So, you know, I try to I try to uh, incorporate everything that I learned. Tom, with a level rush for an offensive lineman, what does that do to you? It makes me paranoid about not giving <laughs> insider, knowing where my help's going to come from. Yeah. Because as you mentioned, there, I think the play before you got that sack, there was multiple tight ends lined up over you, and the two tight ends blocked you. So I like your process of thinking, making sure you know where where the tackles help can come from or where the chippers can come from against you. Right, right. I just, you know, I'm to the point where I'm like, I, I know my role in this team. And I go into the game. I was like, as long as somebody gets the quarterback, I'll be good. You know, whether because I, I know I contributed at some point. You know, that's how I, that's how my mindset is. I know if I don't get past the, the level of the quarterback and I don't let him escape, somebody else gonna get to him. That's how I trust my guys, and that's how we are in the room. So when you had the one hand, I, I was talking about it today with Dan Hampton, one of the Hall of Fame defensive linemen in the history of the Chicago Bears. When you had that one-handed grip on uh, Trey Lance, were you going, okay, I can't let him go, and I got a good grip? Because you think of your gloves a little wet, the jerseys of the opponents are tight. You don't have a lot of material in your hand. So tell me what you were thinking once you had a grab on them. Yeah, so I literally hooked on to the that little cuff in the back where his arm comes out of the shoulder. So I, my fingers, two fingers literally just hooked onto that. 
And in my mind, I'm like, I just got to hold on. I was like, even if I, I accidentally let him go, I know I, I held him for a, a long enough time to where my boys can rally and we'll get somebody's going to get the sack. So I was like, I just got to hold on, you know, and then I it was lucky enough that he fell. But at that, at that moment, I'm just, I just got to hold on. Just hold on. Well, you made people think that you have super strong hands, and maybe you do have great uh, grip because <laughs> that guy is not exactly a tiny quarterback at 6'4", yeah. 230. Yeah, I wouldn't say my my hand grip is that, is okay. that crazy, but, you know. Just tell people that. Oh, they, yeah. I'm going <laughs> to let them believe it. I'm going to let them believe it. You know, what's, it's not hilarious, but funny, though, how quickly in the NFL you can become somebody, right? Yeah. You were a draft pick. Right. 28 reps, you get seven tackles, a sack and a half. You can arm wrestle Roquan for the full sack if you'd like. But so I'm, I'm, there's an interview that's going to be played later on in our show tonight with Larry McCarron, the veteran analyst on radio, does Tom's job for the Green Bay Packers. And he goes, I got a question for you. You got to tell me about 91. This guy, Dominique Robinson. Wow, he flashed. But, you know, and I was reading through your, your bio from other um, – Articles written about you, and it's always been that way. Yeah. Whatever position, Dominique Robinson flashed. Coaches, you know, uh, you go to camps. They didn't know what to do with you. You're such an athlete. But when I told them that you were a former quarterback, turned wide receiver, and have not played the position very long, he was flabbergasted. Yeah, yeah. I've, I took a I took a transition, man. It's been a it's been a journey, and you know, God has. Different things had different things in store for me, and I'm just trying to go along with it. Dominique, your dad was a great basketball player. Did did anybody ever discourage you from playing football? Because you know, there's a lot of different influences in the course of our lives. You know, when you're when you're kind of built like an offensive lineman, that's kind of your only choice in life. Yeah. For you, you're blessed with athleticism, size, and structure, and everything. Did anybody ever try to talk you out of it? Oh, uh, man, that's a funny story. So. Uh, I went to Timken first for two years. They closed my school down, and they forced everybody to go to McKinley in high school. That first year that we moved over, I wasn't going to play football. I was going to play basketball because I thought, you know, I, I, I was <coughs> solid at basketball. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I thought I was, was going to try to make it in basketball. So I, I literally was not going to play football that season. Okay, the 2015 okay. season, I was not going to play football. Uh, got a couple guys that – you know, no <laughs> football. Uh, and I thank him to this day. He texts me every once in a while. Um, he was like, he texted my dad and was like, yo, if this guy doesn't play football, like, he'll get a scholarship for football. And at that point, I was like, you know, I got to put my pride aside and, you know, go out here and do this. So, you know what then happened, though, at Fawcett Stadium, Tommy, where we did uh, our first game, just you and I together at, in Canton at the Hall of Fame uh, game. Well, you played the final game. October 31st, you were a quarterback, and you flipped into the end zone. There's a still shot of you in midair, you know, yeah. your head head, head head over heels type of thing. It was 28 seconds left, I think. We did. We scored. I think they kicked off, and they tried to go, you know, a long bomb. But other than that, that, that yeah. was the last touchdown. I had the last touchdown. But growing up there, does, does that mean something to you? And you certainly saw a lot of great players come through that building. You watched yeah. a lot of those games, didn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. My brother played um, – Think from he graduated in two thousand and six. So, uh, great great teams came out of Canton, Camp McKinley. Honestly, a lot of great players. You know, many more that should have made it, but you know, uh, just circumstances. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, it's I'm I'm blessed to be here and represent 
the city and, and everybody there. So were you blessed with the body you have, or did you have to get into weightlifting from the basketball transition to get the size that you, that you have? I, I'm surprised at the weight that Jeff introduced you as, because everybody, as they get to know you, you know, they, it's hard to see your size when you're in the Jersey and stuff up against the other football players. How did that transition go for you? Yeah. So my dad is six, six, uh, as you said, he played basketball. Uh, you know, he was he was a solid basketball player. Uh, coming out of high school, uh, second team All American. Coming out of high school, played basketball. At BG had a shot at the NBA. You know, things didn't work out for him. So, I got my frame from him. Honestly, uh, so putting on and taking off weight is not hard for me. Uh, well, I played quarterback. Coming came out of high school, I think at two twenty five. When I moved to wide receiver, I got up to two thirty four. When I moved to DN. I got up to 252, and now I'm at 260. So, Oh, 260. Yeah. Smoking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's feel up, good? Does it feel good? It's up and – oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, feel, I feel normal. Nice. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. we got one more segment to go with Dominique Robinson. Sack and a half and seven tackles in the opener against San Francisco. We'll tap his brain on how he feels about heading up to legendary Lambeau Field to take on the rival Packers. It's all just ahead here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com to request an appointment in clinic or virtually and start feeling better tomorrow. Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak with Dominique Robinson out of Miami of Ohio. The rookie defensive lineman showed out against San Francisco in his uh, 28 reps. Uh, it leaves you hungry for more, I- I'm certain. But, you know, they, they want the rotation. They want fresh bodies. They'd love to have a too deep of guys just coming at the offense and making it really difficult for those offensive linemen. So, you know, whatever the role becomes, whatever it is, um, it, it's going to be partially that kept in mind, right? That you guys got to stay fresh. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, it was a lot of people didn't, didn't like the decision um, in college that I wasn't a starter, but I knew my role on the team. You know, I, we did the same thing in college. We okay. had four defensive ends that were great at the position they didn't do anything wrong they were capable of playing the position and we rotated well so I came into this year knowing that I wasn't going to start and I knew my role and I know my role now so you know it's 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 great that I had that experience in college to come into this knowing that when I get on the field I gotta you know handle my business full tank full tank yeah yeah You know, Dominique, so the first game you play at home, you got a really supportive crowd. You really can't hear the cadence of the opponent's quarterback, so you just got to watch the ball. It's going to be the exact opposite in Lambeau Field. It's going to be a quiet crowd when Aaron Rodgers is going through his cadence, and he's got one of the most difficult cadences to have discipline against. Have have you talked about it yet in meetings, and is it something that you've ever experienced in your college life with a quarterback that really can take advantage of a silent crowd so you don't listen to the count, you just watch the football? I have not experienced that in college, and we have talked about that in the meeting. And, you know, our, our keys, uh, our, our main thing on defense is alignment, assignment, key, and technique. So uh, our key as D linemen, we try not to watch the ball. That's what our coach teaches us. We watch the opponent, you know, so my – when I'm in my stance, I watch the knee of that opponent. And whenever he moves, I move. So I try not to even listen to cadence. So if you're watching the knee of the opponent, how do you dissect pass to run so quickly? Because I think that's one of the determining factors of what your overall ability can be throughout your career. you got to play the run right. as much as you're a pass rusher. Uh, a lot of that has to do with stance. 
Um, some of it has to do with the formation. You know, you got to kind of look at diagnostic formation and see what they can do from certain formations. But, I mean, there's a lot of tell, uh, a lot of tips. Uh, you look at the – Don't give us any. Just – No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> you got to look at the, the yardage. You know, if it's yeah. third and eight, yeah. you know it's, they're, they're going to pass. So, you know certain things. Uh, but the get off is still the same. The get off doesn't change. Um, you still have to strike if it's run and if he's – if it's passed and you get into your pass rush. You know what? I, I tell you what, I love that answer. And I didn't know how you were going to answer it because it's one of the most uh, difficult things for defensive linemen of being disciplined to pay attention to that. Yeah. Our coaches have been on, uh, coach Travis taught it since we got here. He tried to tell us, don't watch the ball, you know, try to watch your man. Cause you know, sometimes the ball doesn't, the move, the man typically moves first. Uh, if you watch a lot of a lot of plays, they get out of there, man. Those tackles get out of there, and the ball hasn't even moved yet, but the refs aren't calling it. So if you watch your man, you move on your man, you move when, when, when somebody else moves. So. Dominic right. Robinson, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, this is Bears All Access. They went into the locker room today and talked with Robert Quinn uh, about a lot of different things, but he, he was unaware that you played wide receiver just a couple of years. Yeah. I mean, you would think that would be coming up in the meeting room. Hey, did you did you know that this guy? You know, but no, it didn't. As an offensive guy and a quarterback, you had to know the game. You got to you got to yeah. know defenses. So I'm assuming that transition to defense and how you look at offenses started way back when when you were a QB. Yeah, it slowed things down. It slowed things down a lot for me and made things a little easier, uh, especially with tight ends and how they're set in the formation with them coming back and stuff like that. It's it's easy tells. Uh, so, I mean, that's that's really the most with it. Nothing easy about going up to Lambeau. Are you, it's kind of cool uh, when you're in a Bears-Packers rivalry for the first time. Uh, there gets a lot of attention at it the longer you're here. It, it becomes me- more meaningful. Tom, he's angry already on Monday. He's got a smile on on the Zoom call right now, but believe me, he takes these things seriously because he was in the war, so to speak, with the Green Bay Packers for so many years. I know Fluce's big message is, we only worry about us. Right. right. And, and it does begin there. But you'll appreciate this more as you're in this much longer, you know, not just your rookie year. But you'll never forget the first time going to Lambeau Field. Are you excited about facing a future Hall of Famer and a legendary QB? Of course. Uh, I think it was during one of the uh, combine uh, interviews I said that I wanted to sack uh, Aaron Rodgers. Hey, there was one of the questions, <laughs> like, which quarterback do you want to sack the most? And I said Aaron Rodgers because at the time, Tom Brady was, I think, was about to retire. Yeah. So I said the next best, <laughs> and now I got a chance to do it. So it'll be cool. Happy hunting. What were you? What was going through your mind in the pregame warmups? Did you feel you had the right cleats on? Did you have good footing? Were you confident in your get-offs? Because one thing about Lambo, they got the most perfect playing conditions that you may ever be a part of. So what were you thinking pregame in Chicago on Sunday? Oh, I had everything right. It was it was perfect. Uh, I, I mentioned I stood at the it was raining. I was going out to, you know, do my regular pregame warm-up. They're pulling the tarps off the field, you know, and it's pouring. It's coming down. And I think it's me, Brian Pringle, and uh, Pettis. We're kind of just standing there watching the rain come down. And I was like, man, this is crazy. <laughs> it was, wasn't <laughs> this it? Was, this is crazy. And then once they got the tarps off and I stepped out there and I got them moving around, it was perfect. You know, I knew I, knew I, had, a, I had a good feeling. I talked to Khalil Herbert, too, today, Tommy, as as well. And, 
you know, I didn't see anybody slipping. Even with the puddles, that, that thing, it really held up. So it's going to be a good service for you guys. Yeah, the puddles, that, I mean, that that's a whole... I mean, you guys did look like a bunch of kids playing on a slip fun. and slide, right? <laughs> did did you go Did you go full body? Uh, I went full body on one of the plays that uh, uh, Trey Lance got out, the, got out of the pocket. Me and uh, Ro kind of doubled up on him, tried to hit him on the sidelines. That's one of, one of them. And then I did at the end of the game. Yeah, that's was, what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah <laughs> what? I did. I did once. I tried to – see, I can't I, I can't swim. <laughs> so I don't, like, I don't like water getting in my face. So when I did mine, I, like, turned my shoulder and went kind of on the shoulder so the water didn't splash in my face. Even a puddle. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. Made, made you crazy? Oh, man, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Bad fun. experience or what no, happened? No, 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 no. You're just, you're just afraid to go in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Hey, listen, not everybody knows how to swim. I'm another one who's in that category. So, but but the funny thing is, watching Justin, I just thought he was running to the locker room when I'm calling the game and finishing up, and there he goes. And then it's just everybody, one after yeah. Everybody's going. It so was fun. everybody needs that still photo. Yeah, and keep it for, per, oh, for pros- sure. posterity because that was a snapshot moment that you guys are never gonna it forget. Was a statement. Was a statement. What was the statement? We were having fun. We, were, we knew we knew from the jump that we were going to win. You can sell. You don't do that. You don't do that if it was an upset. You know, if it was one of them things where it's just like, oh man, that wasn't supposed to happen. They knew. We knew. It's it's kind of like a big exhale, you know, because everything you guys went through in OTAs and throughout training camp, and Matt never took it easy on you guys. Then you go out there and play in those conditions. No one picked you guys to win. You win the game, and that's kind of what it's like. Okay, let's exhale. Let's have our 12, 24 hours of celebration and then get back on track for Green Bay. So I'm glad you guys were able to do that. If I would have done it, I would have probably hit face mask first and stopped right <laughs> in my track. So I, you know, the lot goes through your mind. And you may never, in your career, you may never play the game under those conditions again. Yeah, that is – you're right. Very unlikely. So can you bottle that potion and uh, reserve it for the other 16 games this year, that feeling? Oh, yeah. I, that's, and I've been telling people all week, I didn't do anything throughout this throughout that game that was extra, out of the ordinary, you know. I, I did. I do the same thing in practice. Um, it wasn't – that wasn't nothing new. You know, I didn't have to do – I didn't have to go to this level to, to play the way I did, you know, so – Hopefully, you know, prayerfully, I can do, I can put to, put that together each week. And I'm even talking about the team. You said, you know, you guys, you guys oh, knew man. you had to win. Oh, you, yeah. you guys knew you were going to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you well, bottle that up? Honestly, this is the most level-headed team I've been on. So we're we're, we're it'll it'll be bottled up. Where do you we think do. that comes from? Uh, the coaches. Yeah. You know, since since he since I've been here, we've been preaching the same thing over and over and over again. Taking it one day at a time. Be where your feet are. It is interesting because uh, I even heard Tevin Jenkins the other day, everything Matt Eberflus has been telling us is starting to come true. Yeah, literally. You know, that's Tommy, that's a powerful statement. Yeah, you know, that's what I, I, I liked when we got to see Matt Eberflus in the locker room after the game, that it wasn't an overreaction of excitement. Mm-mm. It was just, hey, congratulations, count on each other. This is a foundation of what we want to build here, and let's move this thing forward and, and increase – are in the expectations of the team. And so I, I think it's a great opportunity to get back to work and nationally televised Sunday night game. Dominique, everybody that you know in your past is going to be watching this game and watching for 91 specifically. It'll be fun. 
It'll be a fun. I'm I'm looking I'm looking forward to the experience and being able to be a part of this rivalry. All right, last thing. Uh, I know you're a few credits away from your master's in educational psychology. Yeah. I like to give a shout out to that. You know, uh, the whole COVID, you know, era. You guys didn't play a lot of games, but you guys could still go to school. And yeah. you know, and was that a big reason that you were able to add the masters to the mix? Yeah. And what do you want to do with that one day? So yeah, that was a huge reason. Um, because I. Cause I my last year, that last season, I only played three games. You know, the COVID, they granted us another year, so I was like, I might as well start it, and, you know, I'll be able to finish it at some point. And what I plan on doing with it is getting back into schools. You know, I see I, back home, I just see how much be, have, being a male in the schools or, and being able to talk to kids and, and help them understand life, you know, because it, it's, 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 it's not easy. It's not easy, and I had – so many people in my corner that helped me out. So I kind of want to be that guy that's, you know, in the schools helping people out, being that guy in the corner when they don't have anybody. And, and I'm certain, because you alluded to it earlier in this interview, that there were a lot of guys maybe as talented as you were, as athletic as you were, that, that did not yeah, find their, the right path, right? Yeah. And, and it, it clearly bothers you that that's the case, too. Yeah, I mean, there's so much, there's so much talent in Canton. It's crazy. It's so much talent in Canton. But, you know, it can't you don't see it all the time it's been good talking to you hopefully talk to you down the road again you you got it all put together right. you're a married man with a college degree looking for a master's and in your first nfl game you're a story whether you say you know it's nothing i haven't done didn't expect to do you're still a story and congratulations thank good you. luck thank keep you. it going it. that thank you, that is dominique robinson coming up next tom and i talk with the color analyst of the green bay packers that's coming up next with larry mccarran this is 670 the score and this is Bears All Access. Back in a moment. Game day is guac day, Bears fans. And Good Foods Guacamole uses hand-scooped, perfectly ripened avocados available at Jewel. Pick up the guac today. Welcome back to Bears All Access here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score this segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by CDW, people who get it, with Larry McCarron, the legendary figure in Green Bay Packers history, both as player and analyst. I got to tell you, I saw what the Packers did for you for 50 years of service to that organization. I don't know if it happened during training camp. Can right. share how it made you feel as a former player, but also as somebody who's been a part of that for over five decades? No, Jeff, it uh, was right at the end of training camp, kind of their last training camp practice. And uh, they kind of gave me a game ball. They didn't kind of, they gave me a game <laughs> ball because all of a sudden it dawned on somebody that, that was my 50th Packer training camp. And maybe it means I'm not such a swell guy, but I have no life. But <laughs> it was my 50th. So they you know, had a game ball painted up and everything like that. And Matt LaFleur said some kind words. And, and then here was the hard part, Jeff. Like, I had no idea this was going on. And one of the public relations guys says, coach wants to see you after practice. And I said, what's he need? He goes, well, he just wants to see you. So I said, well, okay, I'll wait over here. You know, you know, they're having the team huddle. That's none of my business. That's private. And he goes, no, no, he, he, he needs to talk to you out here. Oh, no. and, and, I, and I'm walking out there, and, <laughs> and I'm seeing some people look at me, and then I see one of our digital camera people kind of by me, and I'm thinking, uh-oh, this, <laughs> this may not end well. And so they have, you know, the coach LaFleur said some really nice things. And the guys, you know, I've been around forever. I mean, you know, they're, they're good to me. And, and they got involved. And then they go speech, speech, speech. 
So I, I, I blurted out whatever came to mind. I, just, I hope it wasn't too stupid. I'm not sure, but it was a, uh, thanks for bringing it up, Jeff. It was a very humbling moment. And I didn't, I couldn't, Jeff, to be honest with you, I really couldn't get over it for quite a while. Like I, I just, I, I was walking around in a daze thinking, I can't believe they just did that. I just can't believe they just did that. Cause you know, a lot of these kids, they have no idea right. if you were a player, uh, if, if you've been around or if you're just a pain in the neck, talking <laughs> them after games or after practice. So it, it was real nice. I, I appreciate you acknowledging it, but uh, very humbling as well. And uh, it's been a privilege. It's been a great ride. As you know, it's uh, it, it's not something everybody uh, has access to or or the uh, opportunity to be around all the time. So it's very nice. I've learned more and more every year. Some of these guys, you know, just in passing in the lunchroom or whatever, you know, I've never been to an NFL game. Um you know, I, I I don't watch football. I mean, there's a lot of players. I yeah, mean, Peanut yeah. Tillman for years used to tell me, swear to me that he never watched a football game on, tele, <laughs> on television, you know, growing up. And I'm like, gosh, you know, we have such passion for it. They have passion to play it, but we assume too much because a lot of them, A, didn't have the means to go to an NFL game. It is costly. And sure. secondly, you know, you just assume they have that kind of love of the game. But they love playing the game. They love the competitive aspect of it. But it, I'm sure you've run across that, too, in your career from just casual no, conversations. It's, it's, that's another humbling thing. You know, you, you, you think you, you've made some kind of mark. <laughs> and, 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 and after, after this is for real, Jeff, after something like that little ceremony, you know, I had more than one young fella come up to me. I didn't know you played. Really? Wow. Yeah. When was that? And I say, when were you born? And they'll tell me the year. And I say, but 20 years before you were born. Oh so don't worry gosh. about it. We'll just move on. Larry McCarran, our guest here, the veteran analyst of the Green Bay Packers. So this is a meeting 205, they tell us. Uh, hard to imagine, the longest-running rivalry in the NFL, and I always feel it's the best, whether it's there or here. What do you think the theme of meeting 205 might be? I think, Jeff, already we're at the point where they got to worry about the team in the mirror. Yeah. Uh, and we cannot assume, because last year they laid an egg in their opener and got hammered by New Orleans, and then repeated that this year, got hammered by Minnesota, that we cannot assume that, all oh, things will work out because we did it last year. No, you can't assume that. you got to look at the team in the mirror, and I, and I appreciate the rivalry, and I agree with everything you say about it, but they got to look at the team in the mirror and fix their problems and right their wrongs before they can worry about meeting, what would you say, 205? Hey, terrific. <laughs> Some of these guys, they they don't know anything about the previous 204, but I'll tell you what, we're meeting 205. you got to take care of your own business, do your own job well, and try to get this thing back on track. Against the Bear team, hey, I've started watching the tape. They were impressive. They, they were opportunists uh, against the uh, San Francisco 49ers, and, and a wonderful, wonderful win uh, for the new regime. I mean, you, you couldn't ask for a better scenario. So 
They're going to have a uh, you know a tiger by the tail, shall we say, as the bears come in there. In your tape review, what caught your attention about uh, the bears? You know what? I number one, Jeff, and 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 this is kind of a, a selfish thing for our business. Is <laughs> yeah, wow, they have a lot of new guys. You know, before you get down right. with the lineup, and it's like, oh, I remember this, I remember that, and 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 in and in the just preliminary stuff I've done. Dominique Robinson. Now, is that young fella for real? I want to know, Jeff, that just between us, is that kid for real? Because we, we, we've, we had issues. Uh, we've got hurt people up front. And, uh, and at this point, you know, I don't know if they're going to be back, but we allowed four sacks and number of hits against the Vikings. So this Dominique Robinson dude, is he for real? Well, uh, if you haven't done your total homework yet you may be surprised to learn that he's just three years removed from being a quarterback he was a quarterback and wide receiver so he's raw he has played very little defensive line but he's got some natural stuff now as a former offensive lineman you had to appreciate going up against Mike McGlinchey at right tackle the hand swipe the cut across your face get to the quarterback and then taking on a nine-time consecutive pro bowler uh, getting him on his heels a little bit and getting a half a sack with Roquan Smith. Yeah, he impressed, and I think he's just scratching the surface, to be honest with you. No, he just kind of jumped off the tape, just jumped off the tape, and I'm thinking, and I had no idea the backstory that he is yeah. just a kid, yeah. just a babe <laughs> when it comes to rushing the passer and playing defensive line. Had no idea. And I'm sure I'll steal that for during the broadcast <laughs> come Sunday night. It's all yours, buddy. This is Larry McCarron, Green Bay Packers analyst here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. All right, so you got a young group of receivers, and uh, you got a veteran quarterback, and it's always painted as though he doesn't have the patience for the development. Is that real or imagined? Oh, I think uh, some of it is real. It's not like... He doesn't provide positive reinforcement to him. He does. He gives them a lot of individual attention. It's not like he just shakes his head, walks away, and throws up his hands and say, why can't they get some people in here that I can work with? No, he, he's not that way at all. He's, he's, he's really a good leader in that regard. But every once in a while, uh, he will say something and say it publicly because he I think it encourages accountability. Like they, they, they're aware of what's being said. They know what number 12 says because it's all over the place. So if he's not happy with an individual or a group's approach, and that's what gets him more than anything. It's not so much production. It's the approach. Are you a professional? Are you doing the little thing? Are you coming to work prepared? Do you take time on your own time and look at film? and do everything possible that you can to be ready for that moment when it comes. And for Christian Watson, and as I'm sure you've seen, right. that moment came on the very first play. And, and Jeff, you know, it's just one play, but it's not just one play. <laughs> it might have been a little different game. Yeah. Who knows? You know, it, it can be a crazy thing, and momentum's uh, an interesting commodity. It, it it could have been a different game. I don't know that. Minnesota, they beat us in a lot of different ways. But but on that very first play, I think I think Christian Watson 
kind of knew it was going to come to him. I think he'd have been better off if he knew it, you know, it, it, they were just going to be a read. Yeah. They thought they had something. They went after it. It was there. Beautiful throw and the drop. What are you going to do? Hey, you subscribe to the theory as a veteran NFL analyst and player. Uh, five or six plays determine every outcome. And you're right. That's uh, seven off the board in, a, in a, what would have been a tight game from the, str- from the start. And instead it became uh, something other than that. So are, are the Vikings a problem? right now for the NFC North? Oh, I think they're better than folks give them credit for because they've had a couple losing seasons and they had a big regime change. Jeff, I didn't realize this. That this is one of those dorky stats I come up with when I, I didn't see what happened or something. But the Vikings on that team, they got 11 guys who've been to the Pro Bowl one year or another. And yeah, it's one of those dorky stats. That I didn't know. I didn't realize that. that. Yeah, they, They've got a lot of players. Uh, and uh, I, I, I don't think that end of it is given enough credit. And and you look at their offense, do they got a quarterback? Yeah, he may not be he may not be Tom Brady, but he's not bad. They got a running back, they got a receiver, and their offensive line, they've invested two number ones, three number twos. That has a chance to get better, although I'm not totally sold on it yet, but that has a chance to get better. And then defensively they've got some players there too so you add it all up and i think the vikings are a little bit better than given credit for how, how do you feel about mobile quarterbacks these days and how it impacts uh the packers defense how do they handle those those guys more and more coming into the league and what's your opinion of justin fields justin fields i was watching him because luke getsy i'm sure brought a lot of the packers offensive package i'm sure he Put his own wrinkles on it but a lot of the Packers offensive package with him but the thing I noticed is taking advantage of Justin Fields athleticism mobility that that's a bigger part a significant part of the offense and that's a dimension you, you, you can't help but appreciate you know when you talk about defending the entire field I mean that's a whole nother you're not playing against 10 guy you're playing against a full 11 because the quarterback is not going to be a stationary target he's he you know he's in the mix when it comes to running the ball when it comes to gadgetry he's in the mix he's a piece of the puzzle that you have to account for you just can't say well this guy can't hurt us with his feet justin fields can and i remember watching him last year i mean the consistency maybe not there yet but there was times when he threw that ball, it's like, wow, that is a big-time throw. And he's still got that going for him. So I, 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 he is like, is he the finished product? As I'm sure you'd agree, Jeff, not by a long shot, but does he have some tools that are really fascinating and intriguing and for a defense can be challenging, you betcha. Appreciate it as always, and we'll see you up there at Lambeau. All right, Jeff, thanks for having me. Have a good week. Larry McCarron, our guest here on Bears All Access. Coming up next, we'll break down what it's going to look like potentially on Sunday night in Green Bay. Tom Thayer rejoins the show. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Calling all Bears fans. Get the ultimate VIP fan package with Chicago Bears VIP. Secure a game ticket and appearance from Bears legends and more by visiting ChicagoBearsVIP.com. Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak. 
Just heard from Larry McCarron, the color analyst for the Green Bay Packers, who was very impressed with Dominique Robinson, Tom, as we were. Um, let, let's peel back the onion a little bit because we've got perspective here. While we've analyzed Aaron Rodgers, and you've known people that have worked with him in that building uh, in the past, former friends, Bears, whatever, Tom Clements back there as quarterback coach. The former quarterback coach, Luke Getze, was asked about doing that. Peel back the onion a little bit on what Aaron Rodgers is all about. He challenges you every day to be on it, right? Your details, your uh, there's no like eh, maybe, kind of, sort of. You know, you got to bring it. You got to know it. And the dude's intelligence level is really high, so you better bring it. At the same time, that he loves to have fun, and so do I. So that was refreshing to like, oh, here's the best in the business that like to have fun uh, and can always kind of come back and be centered and focused and stuff. And so, like, that was really cool, you know, as a young coach, getting up there early on in my career and being able to, uh, you know, just be – that's really cool that we, you can do this and uh, still have a lot of success and people – you know, the good teammate that he was, like all that stuff is just, I relate to that a lot. So what he's trying to do, and that was in reference and context to what he's trying to do with Justin Fields. Right. And, you know, it's all about the no. When we always talk about, we probably joke about it every show. If you think you're beat, and that's the no part for a guy like Aaron Rodgers. And he developed that relationship with Devontae Adams where he's trying to go through those countless amount of practice reps to develop that knowing relationship with all of his receivers. So when you're Luke Getze and you're a young quarterback coach that's coming in to work with the mind and the brain and the arm talent of Aaron Rodgers, it's got to be super beneficial. But you got to know every single guy you coach is not going to be like Aaron Rodgers. Earlier in the week, the topic of tackling and finishing your blocks, a big one for Matt Eberflus. So despite how well the Bears finished in beating the 49ers, there was a lot of meat left on the bone. Is he getting all the way up to the runner? Okay, hitting him with the proper pad level, wrapping and running his feet three hard steps, you know, pulling in the hamstrings and then finishing the tackle. Well, we saw a couple of those yesterday, but we didn't see enough. Um, there, was, there was some lunging going on. There was some, some things going on there. So we have to improve that. And that's typical of the first game. You know, it's like guys finishing blocks. You know, when you finish blocks on the backside, great example of that would have been EQ on the touchdown with Dante Pettis. He finished that block, came all the way across the field and finished, and it was legal. You know, he, he did it a legal way, you know, so and uh, Dante set it up with a nice stem inside into the pylon. So, you know, just things like that. It's just fundamentals, details to that. And you know, we want to get better. And there is an unbelievable example of almost Matt by example. So the, on the sideline, they throw a pass towards Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson hits the receiver with the right shoulder and hits him out of bounds. If you look right on the sideline, there's Matt Eberflus telling him to wrap up and come through. It's almost like he's coaching and teaching all of his fundamentals constantly. And that's what you need to beat a team like Green Bay Packers, Jeff. You're not going to do it with a half-hearted effort. You're going to do it by doing every single thing they've been teaching you since they got here perfectly. All right, let's tick down four or five things real quick. Short answers uh, from both of us here. I got to throw the turnover thing on the table. Uh, obviously, the Bears want to take the ball away. That is their their culture now. They want to hang out of the football. Uh, but Green Bay has a, an interesting way of making it difficult. So uh, against the Bears of late, major theme with the turnovers, they are plus 12 
against the Bears with 13 takeaways and giving the ball away once. Do you need to win the turnover battle or at least stay even with them on Sunday night? You can't give Aaron Rodgers extra opportunities to lead his offense on the field because that's a recipe for a disaster. And I think the running backs got to secure it, the wide receivers and tight ends after they make the catch, and Justin with his downfield vision. Where do you rate that home field advantage because they've won 13 in a row at home? significant it's a hostile environment unless you're beating the green bay packers by double digits towards the end of the game the crowd is going to stay in the game they're going to be loud and violent this is going to be an unbelievable look into the line of scrimmage discipline by the bears both on the offensive line and the defensive line i don't want to steal your thunder because typically in this matchup you give a number that has to be obtained by either the bears or what the what the packers can't do and i'm thinking it's going to be related to the running game for both teams what do the bears have to get to and what do the bears have to do in terms of yards for scrimmage because frankly all four running backs that'll be involved from both sides of the fence montgomery and herbert maybe ebner and then dylan and aaron jones all can catch the football all can pile up pretty significant yards from scrimmage throughout the course of a game what do you need to see on paper at the end in the run games of stopping it and then also producing it by the Bears. David Montgomery has to trust the point of attack and be able to hit holes like Justin Herbert did to get those significant six- to eight-yard gains. So the Bears need 125 yards rushing minimum, and they need to keep the Green Bay Packers down to 60 to 80 yards rushing between the two of them. Give me one more key. Eddie Jackson's got to get an interception. You said it as soon as he got it. It's the first interception he's had in a long time, and the Bears are 11-0 when he picks off of the quarterback. So, Eddie Jackson, give us one from A-Rob. You know, you don't have to take it to the house. Just give the Bears an extra possession. All right, big time. We'll talk to you on the radio. Uh, Our pregame gets underway at 4 o'clock with Ron, Jim, and Jay. Kickoff at 720 on WBBM. Thank you so much. Thanks to our producers. We got Dan Barilli and Jordan Treadup, the folks at the score. Also to our guest, Dominique Robinson, the Bears defensive end, and Larry McCarron up there north of the border with the Green Bay Packers Radio Network. This has been Bears All Access. It's been brought to you by IGS Energy. We'll talk to you on the radio Sunday night from Green Bay. Thanks for listening, everybody. For Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak. Have a pleasant evening.